Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with award-winning children's author and illustrator Kylie Howarth, who's chatting to us about speaking at writers' festivals, the various types out there, if they are invitation to authors only, what you are expected to provide and what festivals provide for you, what authors should take into consideration when quoting to appear at festivals, her tips for authors starting out at festivals, time slots, workshops and much, much more. So in my author adventure this week, there's really nothing to report as I'm still enjoying some downtime, although my next project is percolating in my head. I've been pretty exhausted actually with the day job and kids activities, which all seem to have come at once and just the busyness of life in general. But it's good and I'm certainly not complaining for leading a full life. So if you love the podcast or any of the episodes has helped you further in your author career, you can now pay it forward by buying me a coffee over at www.buymeacoffee.com slash thehybridauthor. And that's all capitals hybrid, capital T, capital A on the and author. These links can be found in the show notes and at the top of my social media pages. Or you can leave me a review on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on. Nothing big, just a line or two to let me and others who write like you know how the podcast is helping further your author career. Let's all support each other. So that's enough from me. Let's crack on with the episode. Kylie Howarth is an award-winning, internationally published children's book author and illustrator from Perth, Australia. She was raised in the country alongside her brother, dog, sheep, several orphaned kangaroos and one cheeky echidna. Her obsession with animals also extends underwater as she has braved lionfish in Egypt, piranha and pink dolphins in the Amazon, marine iguanas and hammerhead sharks in the Galapagos Islands, and swum with whale sharks, manta rays and humpback whales at Ningaloo, Western Australia. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Kylie. Thank you. It's great to be here. Oh, wow. Incredible bio. I could undersee <laughs> This love of animals has maybe steered you into the career you're in, but can you tell us how did you come to become, you know, a children's book writer and illustrator? I was a graphic designer in a uh, previous life before having children. <laughs> uh, so another creative job. Had a fabulous time freelancing in London at one point as well. But then uh, when I came back to Australia and had kids, I just didn't like the idea of sitting in an office from nine to five and not having the flexibility that I needed to look after the babies. And I just started reading my my youngest picture books and just fell in love with picture books. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to make one of these. <laughs> 
helped us. And off I went. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness you did. (laughs) We love all your books. Well, today's topic is on writers' festivals. And, you know, it's for Mm. us first-time authors starting out. And we've we've probably got our first book out or a few books. And we're wanting to put ourselves out there, but don't really know anything about writers' festivals. You know, I've heard prior to this that occasionally writers festivals can be invitation only is is this something you've come across or is that more to do with the big ones or yeah is that true or false or (laughs) there's such a range of different festivals there's there's really small ones there's really big ones and they all sort of seem to be run in different ways so there's not sort of a um hard and fast rule for all of them. With the local ones in Western Australia that I've done, most of them I've been invited to. They've contacted me, but it is always different. I know interstate that you need to have a booking agency to get gigs with schools and that sort of thing. And I assume it's sort of a similar setup for the festivals as well. Whereas in Western Australia, we don't necessarily need a booking agent to speak in schools yet. We do have a few good ones coming along. Paper Bird Bookstore, they will book a lot of my school gigs and also the Literature Centre, but also people, schools will contact me directly as well. So I think that's changing in WA a little bit now, but yeah, it can happen different ways. I actually asked a friend of mine, Frane Lasek, before coming on this podcast about how it works with some of the inter, you know, some of the bigger interstates ones that she's been to, and she indicated that yeah, you kind of have to be very proactive if you want to get booked for some of the the bigger festivals, and usually have to approach them maybe a year ahead. Usually, they're planning a year ahead, and I found that with the local ones I've done as well that they do start chatting to you and book you in a year before the festivals. She said that she has sent in an expression of interest for some of those big festivals, but she's also had her publisher contact them as well. Yeah, I was going to ask you whether the publisher has much to do with it at all. I suppose, is it it more like if a book's coming out or approaching as their marketing plan, they'll maybe look at what where you would fit in I guess with the festivals and they would approach them as well the publishers yeah I think so I have asked uh the publisher of my latest book to sort of put me forward for some of the interstate festivals and they will do that and they said get some video and photos of you at your current festivals and send it through so they can use that in their pitch so that is something that they do yeah the problem with uh interstate ones I guess is I feel like you're sort of a little less likely to get booked for interstate ones because then they need to consider paying for your travel and accommodation as well. If I've got a new book coming out, festivals I've spoken to before like Scribblers Festival or the Margaret River Readers and Writers Festival, I have their contact details now because we've emailed each other setting up previous festivals. So if I've got a new book coming out, I will often email them and say, hey, this is coming out, you know, maybe we can do something around this, around about this. Yeah. Mm, now that's fantastic. So obviously being proactive a year ahead, thinking that way, yeah. <laughs> which is quite hard. But then in, in yeah. saying that, you know, traditional publishing, if, if you've been contracted for a work, you kind of have an idea what, what that book is about. And it almost probably takes, how long does it take for a book to come out? Almost a year. So in that time, you could be say, planning ahead yeah. and thinking, oh, I'd fit good here or there. In terms of attending festivals so obviously if you approach them you link it back to your book so you'll say you could do a workshop on obviously being an author illustrator you can do art workshops as well as say writing stuff do you specifically tell them what you can do or in terms of them requesting you do they request specific workshops and specific books because you've got a few out now if they want you it can 
It varies. It can work both ways. Yeah, definitely. It has worked both ways. For example, when Bush Magic came out recently, that's a picture book and it's about a young girl who makes a little bush crown out of leaves and feathers with her grandpa. I wrote that in my email to Scribblers and said, hey, we could do something around making a crown as a craft activity. So yeah. uh, it's definitely worth sort of coming up with ideas yourself and pitching it to them. But sometimes they will see the book that you've got coming out and they'll come up with their own sort of interesting angles and creative things to do with it as well. Yeah, yeah. No, that's amazing. So if you pitch that to them then, obviously making a little crown out of bush things and stuff, would you be expected to provide that w- materials for that or do you you know like for the arts and crafts and and the paper and if so if we went there to if an author went there well yourself per se at scribblers are they providing the materials for you to do stuff like that or yes and they've got forms that you fill out to say what you're going to need on the day and you can just discuss with them the the thing about festivals is like they might seem big and scary but the people running them they're all very very lovely and they are people at the end of the day so i'm glad you you said that It's not, it's really not as bad or as intimidating as you think it's going to be. And, you know, they will work with you and they'll say, we can provide this. Or if you'd prefer to provide this yourself, you can provide it. So I'll usually just, I'll bring sort of items that I would like to bring if there's something sort of really particular I want to seek out for it. But if it's something standard like cardboard, scissors, glue, you just list it down all on the materials sheet and they'll have it all there ready to go when you get there. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's yeah. a, a weight off your mind. Have you ever gone to a festival and the things you've needed haven't been provided? No. no. I find, yes, at schools. <laughs> <laughs> But I find festivals are so well organised. They have to be because they've got all these different authors coming in. It's just this big, well-oiled machine most of the time. Mm. Not all of them, but most of them are really well organised. And so they've got all these forms and systems. And if if everything you need is written on a form, somebody will be looking at that form before you turn up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. And generally with festivals, obviously, depending, you know, maybe the smaller ones you would just do, depending on how long they run, some can go over a weekend, some like a week. Mm. and you maybe just do one appearance at a small one but over a bigger one if you were there like I think have you done the Margaret River Press uh, press Festival and that's over is that over a week or a weekend or do you go down for the whole week? They have a weekend Mm -hmm. that you can speak at uh, which is mostly sort of geared around adults but they will have a few children's activities going on as well but they will often team it up with two weeks worth of visits to all the sort of regional schools in the area. Right. So you can end up being away for a good two weeks, but it changes every year. And because of COVID, it's sort of yeah. changed a bit recently as well. Yeah. Cause I was wondering like whether at the festivals you just do one appearance or you're actually booked for a few doing different things because of how long the festival stretches, I suppose. Festivals would generally try and book you for a few things because if you've got books that are pitched to different ages so some I've got chapter books and picture books so they'll often book me for a picture book session and then a chapter book session for older kids so it makes sense that if you've got an author coming down you're particularly if they're paying for some travel and that sort of thing that they you know put you in for a few sessions rather than just the one yeah yeah, yeah. I would imagine not all festivals do pay for travel, I guess. But if it's local, is that the, is that the way of it? Do, do most I think people most pay? of them do, they do pay for travel. Some smaller ones that have to apply for grants to get authors and that sort of thing. You can sort of work together with the other local authors that are going down and will carpool. For example, we went to Between the Lines in Bustleton and a couple of the authors and I carpooled and we went down together and they gave me some money towards the fuel because I was the driver. But yeah, you, you understand that they're working on a limited budget so you can sort of 
work out what's best. But other festivals have better budgets and they'll pay for you uh, to have, you know, really nice accommodation yeah. and um, fly you different places. It just depends. Yeah, yeah, I think I seen on social media, I think it was maybe last year and there was like uh, Natasha Lester and Josh Langway or it was maybe a few years ago and it was that big sky festival and, and oh. they got fl- <laughs> flown there and then they were like flying around some islands and I was just they like, They go what? to the Abolis <laughs> Island. I've been trying to get that gig for so long. Not that I've done anything to try, but I've been hoping <laughs> to yeah. get the call. So, I mean, there's things yeah. like that that just looked incredible. Um, that's yeah. obviously a big one though. <laughs> Yeah, that one's amazing. They fly you around the Abrolhos Islands, which is one of my most favourite places. But I recently went there anyway on my off my own back. So yeah. <laughs> I've got that out of my system. It's okay now. <laughs> well, you would have been perfect for that, I suppose, you know, with your fish kid books and all the, the kind of under the sea picture books and things, you know. It's... Well, it's run out of the Geraldton Library, I ah, think. Okay. And I had been there for a book week visit for a week. So I think I got ticked off on that list rather than oh. the big sky. But you never know. You never know. <laughs> Oh, gosh. So when it comes to payment and things like that of Mm. festivals, is that something that if a festival approaches you or you're approaching a festival, you would expect, say, your travel time, your materials provided unless you didn't you know you wanted to bring specific things yourself your time obviously in workshopping and presenting is there any other things that is added into the payment and stuff in your mind yes uh if you're away from home you should definitely get per diems like a meal allowance um and some Sometimes you need to request that. It just depends. And you can you can negotiate with, with people and festivals. I find most festivals probably pay, the ones I've been to, a little bit less than my normal school visits perhaps, uh, I guess because they're dealing with so many authors that, and they've got a certain budget they've got to work to. And they're also dealing with uh, travel and that sort of thing as well. But definitely your travel should be paid for and yeah. your a meal allowance and... Um, accommodation maybe as definitely well. accommodation yeah. but that's one way you can sort of make yourself more valuable as well is for the margaret river one i have family down there so when i pitched them i said ah oh, you won't need to pay for my accommodation because i have somewhere to stay so i yeah. guess that made me more attractive yeah. because they didn't have to fork out for the accommodation yeah 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 oh no that's awesome and the stuff again you don't even think of like <laughs> you just think yeah. oh you know it's when i'm there but there's all these other things that kind of add up i suppose so generally is there an Australian Society of Authors right for authors yes. uh, going to festivals? So they maybe should look at that and start and ex- not maybe not expect that. But- Most festivals will pay your Australian Society rate, ASA rate, generally anyway. Some of them I've found have tried to sort of go under that and I've had a few conversations to bring it back to that. Right, yeah. <laughs> but it depends. If you're a first-time author and you really just want to get it out there for the experience of it, then, you know, maybe you won't push for some of those things. Maybe mm. you will, but you are entitled to. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's worth knowing anyway, so, yeah, you'd have but, to. But, you know, if you want to get booked again, you don't want to be difficult either. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh. Well, do, so with the festivals, do they do they pay up front or is it after the festival, half now, half later, that type of thing? Or oh, I'm just trying to remember. I think it's generally after you've presented, which is what I prefer anyway. Yeah. I really don't like it when people pay me for something I haven't done with, particularly in the climate of COVID and all yeah. of this and things getting cancelled. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I'm more comfortable with that. But yeah, some of them I've invoiced after the festival, but others yeah. they will take your details and they pay you without you needing 
to even invoice them. Yeah. So the booking agencies and things like that, if they do, does the payments come through them or do you you handle all your invoicing and stuff like that? I haven't had a festival booking through a booking yeah. agency. If you did, I assume that, yeah, it would come through them. But so far, most of, all of my festivals have just been booked through me. Yeah. Mm. And booking agencies is more for events or I know is it Paperbird one, is that actually called a speaking agency? Like for speaking Yes, they, it's called Paperbird Speakers Agency and I find that's mostly for school visits and things like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to get Jen Jackson on to talk about that, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> Paperbird are doing so many amazing things, not just selling books. There's yeah. so many other aspects to yeah. them that is absolutely amazing. The, f- the yeah. magazine, the flight magazine as well. I thought about maybe getting her on for that. The kids magazine, is it the art, art magazine yeah. she's got going? Mm. Yeah, yeah but well. they also will, if I'm going to a school that has booked me just through me, uh, I will often say to the school, are you interested in offering uh, signed books, uh, offering parents the opportunity to buy signed books? Um, If so, I can send you an order form and I'll get Paperbird to organise that Mm. and they'll send an order form to the school. Um, And, yeah, bookstores do get involved with different festivals. There's usually a bookstore involved with each festival. So it's worth chatting to them and contacting them about what books you have out as well before appearing. Yeah, well, I was going to say, and the so, but the festivals generally they should have your book there for sale. You would expect that they should do, but maybe they're only aware of one, um, yeah, and sometimes okay. you might want to mention other ones that you want there, or maybe I'm not really sure how it works if it's a particular publisher has pitched you for the festival, but you have books with another publisher. Mm. <laughs> um, I would probably contact the bookstore and say, "Hey, this is my other book. Can you have that available That's as well?" A- yeah, no, that's a good tip there too. So tell us about the festivals you have spoken at and about your books and what you've presented at each. Has there been any favourites? Or And like you said, you, you're hoping to get to Big Sky one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it was the second year or... 2015 my first book was published and then this the year after that 2016 I was contacted by Writing WA and they I can't even remember if I applied or anything I I feel like they just contacted me and said would you like to go to the Asian Festival of Children's Content in Singapore and I was like well hey yeah (laughs) this is my book career starting I'm getting contacted and sent over to (laughs) Singapore already and it was an amazing experience it was absolutely fantastic and I just kind of thought that that's what happened and I've been waiting for all these international (laughs) festivals to contact me ever since and it hasn't happened (laughs) the best thing I found about festivals though which um, was a surprise is my favorite bit is actually getting to meet all the other authors because authors like I love hanging out with the WA authors, but I often don't get an opportunity to meet other people that I've, you know, idolised for so long. And there you are, you're at a festival sitting next to somebody who you've always dreamed of, you know, meeting or being like and just hanging out like you're, you know, in hanging out in the green room, having a cup of tea together. Yeah. That's the best bit. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so much fun. Paired of the green room, I'm always like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. haven't got so in there I'm- yet. <laughs> If I'm booked at a festival, I'll look at, well, you know, my time slot and then circle all this other stuff that I want to go and see while I'm there. But I've actually learned that you can't really see a lot on that day because you'll be then expected to go and sit and sign for books after your session, perhaps. But also you just want to hang around in the green room and chat to 
<laughs> other authors as well. Do you get to, because if you do get a chance to get out and see people, do you have to buy a ticket or because you're part of the festival, you're allowed to go in and out the sessions as you like? So that's Generally, you get a pass. So uh-huh. maybe this, this Scribblers Festival coming up on the 18th of September, I'll be there speaking on the Sunday doing two different sessions. But the day before, they've got all these amazing authors on the Saturday. So I'll be taking my kids on the Saturday. That's one of my biggest tips for, you know, research before you speak at a festival or even before you even go out to any school visits. I just went to festivals and just watched other authors just to see what works, what doesn't work. And um, at the end of the day, you need to be yourself. You can't sort of copy what anybody else is doing because you've got to be authentic to you and your book. But just seeing just seeing what sort of worked with a crowd and what didn't was yeah. really, really valuable. Getting ideas, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So what book were you pitching at there? What book did you get sent over for the Singapore one? That was for my first book, Fish Jam, my oh, first cool. little picture book. Ah. Did you do a workshop there or did you do like an art thing? Or? I ended ended up being thrown into speaking to adults rather than children which I didn't expect (laughs) Um, which which is a little scarier than kids for me but it was great and because you're traveling with other authors because it was international there was travel time on an airplane I happened to be sitting next to a lady that I met who actually worked with the Perth Festival and so because I met her and we actually had a terrifying experience together having to get up and do live like this live show raids drawing thing on stage oh. that we didn't really know we were supposed to be doing it. oh it no was, <laughs> it was uh it was horrendous <laughs> anyway we we got to know each other quite well so that's I think why she contacted me and got me to the Perth Writers Festival and then she left there and worked for the Scribblers Festival so I think that's maybe what helped me get my foot in the door there as well yeah. that's great so yeah making contacts and and with Definitely. social media this you know there's no excuse you can yeah you can get involved in the conversation even before you've got a book out or anything you know like you said you can go to the festivals Mm. and you can watch other people but you can also get involved in the conversations online and connect with people who are involved or yeah put yourself out there and definitely who you know I think especially in Australia sometimes. (laughs) I also think social media it's great if you do a few school visits ask the teachers from up the back of the room to take a few photos of you that you can put up on social media because I think a festival is more likely to book you if they can look at your social media and go oh yeah Yeah. I can see they've spoken to a crowd before yeah Yeah. and the the other thing I wanted to say about festivals actually is it's it may seem intimidating and scary but if you're a first time speaker at a festival they know that and they don't put you in their major time slot following one of their you know huge names they put you at a quieter time slot in a smaller venue so there'll be most festivals will have several different rooms and there'll be a venue that holds sort of a smaller amount of people and then there'll be the room like the auditorium that can take a whole heap of people so they won't book you for that room (laughs) when when you've got only one book out and you're new to it you know (laughs) Yeah, no, that's um... good. (laughs) <laughs> they're trying to support you and they book you to support you as well they want to support local authors and they'll sort of guide you through it so yeah. it's not as bad the first time <laughs> as you think it could be <laughs> no that's great and your website as well is great for that I've, I've noticed on your uh, about or or something or other on your website anyway and you've got mm. lots of pictures of presenting at schools and I think festivals as mm. well of the drawing and is it yeah. the what's that big shell you use is it the conch oh my conch shell <laughs> Yeah, I play the conch show. It gets the kids giggling. I've been wondering, though, if I do get an interstate festival next year, now that COVID's finished, I might start pitching to some of these festivals. I don't know if I can travel with it, with the with the rules, with quarantine, yeah. You'll have um, to put I'll that have to on your that. material list. I need yeah. a conch show. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> provide conch yeah <laughs> I'll be like what the hell's that <laughs> yeah oh no but that's i i saw you do that at um oh my goodness the cbca yes the night of our stars and that was fantastic and kids would absolutely love that you know so it's yeah that's even a fantastic idea for for people (laughs) i was i was talking to myself i don't think i spoke about my book before that performance very well because the whole time i'm having this argument in my own head going are you really going to pick up this show and play it in front of 150 librarians are you really going to do that or are you going to chicken out and not do it so i was just having this internal You know, I took a risk and it paid off. Yeah. Do you think it's all about the book, though? It's definitely going to be about part entertainment as well, surely. Uh, I'm I'm noticing a lot of people getting very, very entertainy. I guess it's not really a word. If, if you haven't got that background, bring what you can from your own personality and the theme of your books. There's no point jumping up and down and doing um, handstands and that sort of thing if your book is a sad yeah. novel or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> So, you know, whereas if you've got these loud, exciting books, then yeah, be loud and exciting. But you've, I think you've really got to represent what your book's going to be about so people know what sort of, you know, book they're going to get when they buy it after after meeting you. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, exactly that. Be true to yourself. Hence, hence the con the conch shell because yeah. I've got all these sea creature facts in my fish kid chapter book books. They're full of sea creature facts. So that's why I get up there with, you know, a shell yeah. and I often take a shark egg and take, a, you know, show all the kids a shark yeah. egg as well. So yeah. Yeah, but we've yeah. been to uh, many of your launches, but the the fish kid one always remember. I think was it the rugby, rugby club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you had like a, a whole person come with all these animals, wasn't it? Like yeah, yeah, and... sea creatures. And there <laughs> yeah. was a little um, sea cucumber that looked just yeah. like a sausage. And when he picked it up out of the water, it squirted over all the kids, and yeah. they all screamed. It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fantastic and so entertaining. And the thing is, you can generally see your passion for that sort of stuff come through which gets everyone excited and you know yeah yeah, it's very engaging the reason I'll often book sort of another form of entertainment when I have a book launch is because often your head is down signing books and so people need something to do while you're doing that otherwise they just end up lining up and being bored so if there's a craft activity or you know something like the sea creatures to look at at least they've got (laughs) something to do while you're busy signing somebody else's book yeah yeah no that's cool so back to the topic of festivals just wondering how long is generally a session would you say like for a workshop is it like an hour or a talking thing usually sometimes I usually find they're a little bit shorter when you're up on stage talking but if you have a workshop it's generally an hour or maybe a little bit more so for the Scribblers Festival coming up I've got one session that's a it's called Hold On To Your Undies (laughs) (laughs) it's for my new book Koala Stole My Undies and that (laughs) one's going to be a half hour session whereas I've got another session naturally created Creative, which is one of the ones that kids need to book into and that's a paid one and that goes for an hour and we're going to be working together doing some crafts so it can it can vary yeah. yeah oh that's fantastic well we've talked about you know the ins and outs of festivals what authors can sort of expect in terms of quoting or being approached and kind of how to be at festivals and things like that I, I, you've already shared so much but do you 
have any other tips for authors who are looking to start out speaking at festivals? A few tips. I always, if I'm traveling somewhere, even if it's just down to Margaret River, which is like three and a half hours, I'll always travel the day before. Some schools and some festivals will try and get you to travel that morning. I find travel just takes, zaps my energy. Yeah. So, and I can't get that, you know, on stage festival energy if I've just driven for three hours. <laughs> so I would always travel the day before if you can. Yeah. That's a good point. Sometimes, what if something happens as well? Like there's a breakdown yeah, or oh, exactly. that'd be so stressful. And then, and then you get there and you'd be like, oh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it means that they have to pay for another night of accommodation. I guess that's why sometimes I'll try and avoid it. But for me, I just need that, that yeah. night's sleep to get that energy. What else did I have as tips? If you get asked to do a festival, say yes. That's my other <laughs> tip. And worry about it later. Like you yeah. might go, oh, I don't know if I'm up for this. Just say yes and worry about it later. Yeah. Because you just, you gain so much out of doing it. You gain uh, readers, you gain experience, yeah. and you gain the experience of chatting to other authors, which really is the best bit about festivals. Were yeah. you nervous? Like what was the first festival you ever spoke at? Were you really nervous to attend that? I think that? it was the Perth Writers Festival. Oh, fantastic. Um, That's such yeah, a good one I, to start at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I was nervous because that's quite a big one for for my first one. But I had done a few school visits and I I spoke to them and said, hey, can I please have a pass for the events that are happening the days prior so I can just sort of see what's happening, get used to the venue. So I think sometimes if you can see the venue, that takes another worry out of your mind. If you can see the setup and how the seats are going to be and how many people are going to be in there, mm. it's sort of one less thing that's a surprise on the day. <laughs> Do you get to, um, um, like if you are talking to bigger people or you have a headset or you have a microphone, say, with technology mm. and things, do you get to test that beforehand or how does that work? It, I guess it varies again with every you, festival. But, for example, do you bring one, your that, own? Do you bring with your own one coming up, they prefer you to send in your PowerPoint. Yeah. But I prefer to actually show my slides on the iPad because then I can sort of zoom in and zoom out and do these other things that I want to do. So we've discussed coming in, I think, a week prior and testing the setup so so that we know it's going to work on the day. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Because tech, tech is my biggest worry. No matter where I go, <laughs> I can't sort of relax or talk to anyone until the tech's working. So that's the first thing I'll do. I won't even get yeah. my books out or anything until <laughs> I know the tech's working. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. Sorry, I, f- I threw off your, your tips for authors list there. <laughs> I think that in. was mainly it. Um, <laughs> well, that's another tip to te- test your yeah. tech before you go. Yeah. And do you allow, like with your sessions and stuff, do you allow like a question and answer thing? Is that always a, a or not really when it's like a workshop or well <laughs> it de- <laughs> it depends on the age I do always uh, allow time for question and answer I think that's really good because sometimes you've got you can't really time yourself perfectly but if you've got that buffer you know your questions can go for two minutes if they need to or they can go for eight minutes if you need them to but the uh the funny thing is somebody once uh, advised me very early on never mention when it comes to question and answer don't sort of say anything about pets or football <laughs> particularly if you're speaking to kindy or pre-primary or year ones because <laughs> then everyone will put their hand up and tell you about their pet and I think James Foley said once that yeah the kids will all put their hand up and go oh my pet died and you know it's just <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my goodness uh, yeah so and 
with the little guys, it'll be, it might be question time, but you'll always get a statement. They'll never actually ask a question. So that's often quite fun. Yeah. Oh, how gorgeous. So with, with the Scribblers Festival that's coming up, when did they approach you for this year's festival? Was it a year ago or was it like six months or? I can't quite remember, but I know there's a period of time where you don't sort of say that you're going to be at the festival. They, they want to announce it at a certain time. So I it was quite a while ago and then they announced it all maybe a month or so ago, I think. Yeah. But back on the question and answer thing, for a short session like the Scribblers Festival and with a large crowd for maybe my 30-minute session, I probably won't do question and answer for that. Okay. But if it is like a long one, then I probably would. Yeah. yeah with, with all these things, every, every festival is different. So, yeah. yeah, nothing is sort of set in stone and some things – you can do at one festival but not at the other. So I, I guess you've just got to find out as as much about that festival as you can yeah. before you speak at it. Maybe chat to other author friends and find out about it before yeah. you're there just to get some yeah. tips as well. So, yeah. yeah, research obviously plays a big part in it. Yeah, getting yourself familiar with the, the running of the festival, I guess, and the way of things. Mm. And, yeah, then, then well, before anything, above all, check the tech. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but the thing about festivals, they've often got a person that sort of looks after you and they'll walk you to okay. where you need to go and, yeah, because I'm very good at getting lost. So <laughs> I really appreciate that. And they so they'll take you from the green room, they'll give you your time. It's so well organised generally oh, that, yeah. yeah, there's little margin for any error or anything to go wrong because they've just covered everything and they feed you as well. There's always food in the green room. That's yeah. the other good thing about the green room, there's always good food. <laughs> what else is in there? <laughs> Oh. Why is I'm it called the say. green room? Yeah. Why is it called the green room? Why is it? Oh, I don't know. What's the other room? There's like a room, like important musicians stand, but like for authors and stuff, it's called the green room. That's why I'm like, yeah, I think it's with TV and everything. I think it's yeah. come from there, hasn't it? Oh, they have okay. green rooms before you walk out onto a TV oh. show. I know I they've know. got some room. That. Yeah, I know, but I was always yeah. like, oh, I wonder what's in there. But yeah, maybe some champagne. But <laughs> so just stay in that room, and someone will come and find you and take you to where you need to go. Generally. Yeah. You'll have a you'll get a sheet run list and they'll say you need to be in the green room at this time and it's usually maybe half an hour before your session. Um and then somebody will walk you from there to where you're gonna be presenting and then they'll walk you back to the green room afterwards and yeah. Are you get you looked after told, well. Are you told, generally told, because they would know how many people have booked in the session, are you told roughly how many people to expect in the session? Yeah. There's definitely. obviously a cap, but you will know yes yeah and if you haven't found that out you can always ask them and they'll always let you know how many people have been booked so far yeah oh that's good yeah fantastic Mm. so yeah tell us about your upcoming book launch and obviously what exactly what your scribblers festival workshops are and yeah please tell us everything (laughs) well i've got a book launch for koala stole my undies that's coming up on father's day which i think is the 4th of september that's going to be at the grove library um, and then there's Scribblers Festival the weekend after that. So I'll be speaking at the school's day on Thursday and I'll be talking about Bush Magic, uh, which is a book that came out this year, a picture book. And then on the family day, I'll be there on the Sunday or I'll be there on the Saturday watching all my friends and all the other authors speaking and I'll have my kids there. And then I'll be speaking on the Sunday and I've got a 10 a.m. session, Hold On To Your Undies, <laughs> which is going to be quite exciting because there's uh, there's going to be a koala on the stage <gasps> thieving undies <laughs> while I'm on stage. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's going to be really fun. <laughs> and is and that then, something you prepared or the festival did? Uh, that was my idea yeah. to, yeah, have yeah. 
have a somebody in a koala suit but they followed it all up and they've yeah. sourced the koala suit and everything that's okay yeah mm-hmm. and then at 12 30 I've got a workshop which is naturally creative the hold on to your undies one that one's a free session anyone can go to but the naturally creative one you need to book into and we're going to be using nature to do some really interesting artworks with that one yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And and for the rest of the year or thinking about festivals next year, is your mind somewhere for next year? Wondering whether you'll pitch these people coming up or festivals uh, next year? I have asked my publisher, a firm press, uh, with Koala Style My Undies. I've let them know about the Scribblers session I'm doing and the idea for that. And I've asked them to pitch that to a few different festivals. And they've asked me to send them photos once I've done the festival as part of their pitch. Oh, so okay. hopefully that might turn into something. Think, yeah, probably just the usual local ones. Uh, my mind's in book week at the moment. I'm going to have yeah. uh, several weeks of book week talks coming up soon as well. So a lot, a lot of talking. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, fantastic. Thank you so much for your time and expertise, Kylie. That's been absolutely incredible. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you and your work in and offline? Well, all those uh, events that I just spoke about, they're on my website, kyliehoworth.com. Howarth is H-O-W-A-R-T-H. And I've got an events page on there that you can find the Scribblers Festival and the book launch information. I'm also on Instagram. I quite like popping things on Instagram. It's Kylie underscore Howarth and on Facebook, I'm Kylie Howarth Creative. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much, Kylie. Looking forward to seeing you at Scribblers. (laughs) Yeah, I'll see you there. So there you have it, folks, the magical Kylie Howarth sharing her incredible expertise on what us authors can expect and how we can get started in the world of writers' festivals. And Kylie is appearing at Scribblers Festival, which is a festival here in Perth. And she's also got a book launch coming up weekend for Father's Day. The links to Scribblers Festival and Kylie's workshops and her book launch will be in the show notes. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have entrepreneur, public speaker and author Mariam L. Hooley chatting to us on why the best time to chase your dreams is right now. Have an amazing writing, publishing and promoting week. That's it for me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening. And I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.